Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. This is the Improv Chronicle podcast. I'm Lloydie. I define edits not necessarily as how do you end a scene, but it's how do you start something new. It's Tuesday, 10th March, 2020. If you sit in a bar with a group of improvisers and get them onto the topic of edits, sparks can really fly. I've been at enough after-show discussions to know it's a hot-button topic, even though I've never really fully fathomed why. I mean, surely edits are a functional part of improv and nothing to get worked up about, right? Well, wrong, apparently, or at least according to some. So why? I went back to one of our previous contributors on the Improv Chronicle podcast, one who doesn't mind the occasional controversial hot take on improv matters. Hi, my name is Neil Curran, uh, founder and director of Improv Fest Ireland and co-director of Improv Utopia Ireland. And I improvise mostly in Dublin. What do you think about the whole subject of edits? When people start talking about it in the pub, what, what, what's your reaction? Can you imagine watching a film and at the end of the scene, uh, it, the director walks onto the set and says, just to let you all know, this scene is now over and we're going to move to a different location, but the film is going to continue with completely different settings. That kind of feels like what a lot of people do in improv uh, when it comes to edits. And it kind of, I think we fall into the trap of improv of, hey, we're doing this great art form where we make stuff up, but we don't know what's going to happen, but we do know how we're going to edit. And we're going to edit the same way our teachers told us when we were in level one. And we're going to continue that trend for the rest of our careers. And that sounds really mean, I'm sorry. But it kind of came to a head for me when I brought a friend of mine who had never seen long form before to a show. And it was an Armando show. And during the show, he turned to me and he said, uh, he said, why do they keep running across the front of the stage? Am I supposed to know something about that? And I turned to him very um, arrogantly and said, oh, that's called an edit. Uh, I realized I'd fallen into that trap. Um, so we have these we, we, we have these approaches and techniques to edits that um, I just think are highly unnecessary and actually jarring to what's happening on stage. If we have to run workshops on editing and improv or if we have to attend workshops on editing and improv, we're doing it wrong. Wow. OK, well, I guess we all know where Neil stands. The day following my conversation with Neil, I walked to a New York coffee shop to meet someone who is teaching, to some degree at least, a workshop that Neil said shouldn't exist. My name is Peter McNerney. I'm the head of the Magna Theatre Conservatory uh, in New York City. Um, I also perform with the improv duo Trike. 
Saturdays for the last 12 years, 10 years, sometime. And I'm the New York Artistic Director of the Story Pirates, uh, which is very different. We adapt stories written by kids into sketch comedy and musical theater. Story Pirates Podcast. I had a conversation yesterday with a friend of mine from Dublin, Neil, um, who is not into edits at all. He said, like, if you are taking a workshop in edits, maybe you shouldn't be in improv at all. (laughs) Um, Now, you are going to be teaching a workshop in edits, aren't you? Well, it's a little broader than that, but but yes. Uh, Essentially, I teach a class called Special Effects, which is about anything but scene work. Um, And I'll be the first to validate uh, what your friend said, which is that like none of it matters if the show doesn't matter. And so I, when I first started improvising, I got really into the, the trickery. You know, that like you have a blank stage, you have no set, you have no costumes, so you can literally do anything um, because there's all this negative space that, that we're filling in. And so figuring out how to get the audience to watch the show more like a movie um, than theater because you can do that when it's when in improv uh, fascinated me and it became realized something I was very good at and so I really latched on to uh, all of that in you know probably to the detriment of scene work uh, but then moving to New York City where there was so little of that I found that no one really knew how to do that, so I had to sort of give it up for a while. And then I just did, essentially, mono scenes. Like, no, zero, literally zero edits for two years until my best friend in the world, Nick Canellis, showed up to New York City, who was another person that he had come from that same school. So the show I do now is very much, we threw all those elements back in, but uh, at its best, it's to serve the characters, it's to serve wants, it's to serve the world that you've built. And it is actually framing what the show is about and serving where it's going as opposed to, you know, impressive things for their own sake. Nah, okay, so like so many things in life, this is about balance. I wanted to find someone who was a real nerd for edits. So I did what any self-respecting nerd would do when faced with that task. I went onto a Facebook group and arranged to call someone. Hi, I'm Kelly Agathos. I'm a Greek improviser based in Brussels, Belgium, and I am the founder and the artistic director of Improbable. Improbable is a school of improvisation. We also have a professional cast that performs weekly at L'Improviste, which is the only theater in Brussels dedicated to improv. And we do a lot of corporate work with the EU institutions. I'm a massive improv nerd, so I can talk about edits forever. And uh, it's also one of the things that I am super passionate about um, transmitting to students uh, or uh, when I'm directing to make sure people are on top of. In fact, um, we had a rehearsal just today and my main feedback uh, on the show we did on um, on Sunday was, uh, guys, we need to be faster with our edits. Come on. (laughs) So Neil Curran says, if you need to take a workshop on edits, you're doing improv wrong. (laughs) How do you feel about that? Uh, I know and respect Neil very much. uh, And I've never heard that from him, but it's an interesting opinion. Um, I don't think it's it's either or. I, I don't think that being good at editing precludes doing a good wor- a good job on your basic scene work. 
um, if you um, if you have uh, got a sense of uh, when a scene is over, um, by default, uh, you would know where to edit. And therefore, um, if you're a good improviser, you're probably also good at editing. An edit is uh, is there for a lot of different reasons. An edit is there to um, to, to um, signify the end of one scene for the moment. It doesn't necessarily mean that that will never go back to um, the reality that was created there. But it means that right now we've seen enough of this. Let's move on to something else. Kelly loves a good edit, and thankfully also really likes Neil as a human being too. It's actually very hard to dislike Neil. I've not yet managed it. But he really doesn't like the transitional mechanics that so many improvisers use. But even tagouts, don't get me started on tagouts. The act of walking on stage and tapping someone on the shoulder. Or when there's like a town hall scene and somebody comes on and starts like whooshing and swooshing people off the scene. It's like a traffic cop has come on the stage to direct people where to go. Like, I think we get it. We don't need to do that. Just like appear in front of the person who's on stage. Just like get in between the two the two characters and just do your bit without the need to like start doing uh, you know directing an intersection of eight lanes of traffic off the stage in unnecessary effort i mean it's what we've always done we're creatures of habit even though we, we improvise and we, this is what we love but it's just unnecessary and to me it just takes me out of the scene even just momentarily i sound like a, a grumpy old man saying that but it just takes me out of the scene momentarily and it feels like this conscious uh, effort of un- conscious unnecessary effort uh, you know where the improv won't die or break if we don't do that back to kelly a good film doesn't uh, edit and go to another scene because they're done showing someone's story. Uh, they just believe that in the storytelling now is the time to shift focus and go somewhere else ah now there it is again from all our contributors on this podcast the running theme of film edits It's interesting how we compare what we do to the movies in this instance rather than theatre. I guess theatre can't do a lot of what improv does because we don't need sets, so we can be more cinematic if we choose to be. Maybe that's why edits get people so excited. Okay, if we're getting all cinematic, what are the edits we love? Kelly again. Um, first of all, I like see. I, I love sitting um, with the, with my students, especially in working on timing. And uh, there's actually a great exercise uh, that I learned from Sean Kinley from the Loose Moose Theater back in Calgary. A very very simple exercise, which was just watch people in a scene and then um, go in, and they will tell you if it was the right time or the wrong time. And so you can you can have a feeling, and usually our feeling from the audience is is more right than if we're on the side of this scene um but the you will get instant feedback from both the audience and your people on stage of whether you came in too soon or too late or right on time uh so that was a little bit on the content on on the types of edits i like um i really like things that are like crossfades so um, people coming with purpose in front of, uh, of the two people or three people, whoever many were on stage and starting a new scene. And I'm fine with the others finishing their sentences and taking their own time to get off stage. Um, as long as uh, there's no confusion and the new people that go on stage uh, are really um, committed to starting whatever it is that they're starting. So I think it's super simple. I think it's super elegant. Um, So I don't know if it has an official name or something, but the walk-on that looks like a crossfade is my favorite edit. So what would you want people to remember? 
Um, I think that what some people um, forget is that if a scene is um, is edited, it doesn't mean um, that it's over. So um, I would rather tell people to err on the side of editing too soon rather than editing too late because there's nothing worse than watching a scene deflate the energy leaving and then you have the sense that the people on stage don't want to be there but no one's editing them and so everybody's stuck so i would uh, my advice and something i feel very um, strongly about is if in doubt edit sooner rather than later like go in too soon rather than too late because then you've given your uh, improvisers on stage um, an opportunity to come back and explore that scene further if they feel like something was not said or not done but you keep them from having that deflation moment that they could have had if in fact your instincts were spot on and you miss your moment peter has his own take on the functionality of edits i define edits not necessarily as how do you end a scene but it's how do you start something new? And so that's why my class is not just ending scenes. It's how do you introduce something new? Uh, So that might mean a a split scene, you know, like uh, Nick and I, like a, a sort of cliche example, but something I've fallen into is that a really great swinging door scene, which, which people use that term differently. And for me, that's, that is uh, uh, two different scenes happening at the same time with a single hinge character in the middle. And a classic example is like if there's a and it, and it works well if there's a scene that's asking for it. For example, you know I'm the teenager who's yelling with yelling at my mom and having a big fight, and if you say something like it's not like this at Dad's house, and then oh if I'm on the side and I hear that. I'm walking out on the opposite side of mom and I'm starting a new scene with that kid being like, you're staying for the whole weekend? All right, boys afternoon. And based on how I take the stage, which is like not cutting in front, not getting in mom's way, a polite entrance says to mom, don't go anywhere. I'm just in a different scene over here. So I'm like, boys weekend, we're going to live it up. I got some Zimas for us. And then that middle actor turns around and just sees me acting like mom doesn't exist. And then they're in a new scene. They're like, yeah, dad's house is awesome. And at any point, mom just continues the scene that she's in and that kid flips back. And that says something. We're comparing this versus this and it's a meaningful way and there's a person who's affected by both. So in that instance, I'm like, oh, that's a scene... Like, I would put that in my movie because we're intercutting between these relationships that are intertwined and matter, and not just because we can. So that's an edit for me. Uh, um, And so as soon as you broaden the definition of what an edit is, then it's just like anyone joining the stage or leaving the stage. Uh, But yeah, so when's the last time I was in a show that really asked for that? It's probably been a long time. But every once in a while, it pops up, and you're like, this is exactly the thing. Same thing with, you know, journey scene, where we where we pan the camera, or, or track the camera with the character, uh, um, or just, like, quick cut-tos to other things. Like, Nick and I do a million quick illustrative scenes, and I think people are really used to that, where somebody mentions, like, your, your dad seemed weird this morning. Boom. Like, we go and just immediately do that scene and cut right back. Uh, my show uses a lot of those but not every show 
what kind of show are you in? You know, sometimes if that first two-person scene suddenly really matters and it, cus- it goes past like 10 minutes and then a new character just arrives and then we start to realize like, we're not in a cut-to show. This show's about this place and, and so we try to figure out what kind of show we're in. Uh, and that should dictate what edits you're using. You know, if the first scene is short and then suddenly we just feel the urge to start a brand new scene, unrelated, we know that, like, oh, okay, we're probably going to have another one of these. We're following into more of a hair. It's going to be weird if we then stick with that one for 15 minutes. Um, so having the tool belt, you know, Batman's got everything in his tool belt, uh, but he's only using 5% of it because that's what the, the case asks for. Next time on the Improv Chronicle podcast. Whether you're teaching classes, putting on or attending shows, or running an improv festival, right now the hot topic is how might the coronavirus impact what you're doing? If you're making adjustments and you want to talk, please get in touch. The Improv Chronicle podcast is produced and presented by me, Lloydie James Lloyd. Please subscribe and rate us on your favourite podcast app by going to ratethispodcast.com slash improvchronicle and get in touch about the next or future episodes when you go to improvchronicle.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.